brought me one of my favorite snacks. Is it crunchy? Of course it is. You bitch. This is the one way you're like Lily. Cufflinks of a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Caitlin. How you doing, girl, on this fine Christmas Eve? Oh, you know, it's so, so crisp out. Yeah. There's a fresh, fresh blanket of snow. I know. It was crunching as I came in from the mm, outside. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Just little shakes of snow falling down from the sky. Everything's so quiet. Ah, peaceful. Serene. Not the temperature of a swampy butthole at all. <laughs> I love summer weather. I know you do. I I do. I love when the air hugs you. It's just so cozy. I hate it. Trash. But we're taking a break from summer today. We are. We are. We are here to watch How Lily Stole Christmas. Yay. A Christmas episode from Mm -hmm. season two. Very excited about this one. Is there a Christmas episode in season one? I don't think so. There's a, there was a New Year's and a Thanksgiving. Right. But no But Christmas. between New Year's and Thanksgiving, there was the pineapple incident. So. Oh, I had pineapple. No Christmas episode season one. But if you guys don't know, I'm Kate. Oh, yeah. I'm Caitlin. And we are the lovely hosts of everyone's favorite and only How I Met Your Mother <laughs> podcast. Hey, beautiful. You have no choice but to love us. Yeah. <laughs> You have no choice whatsoever. This is it. This is all you got. Slim pickings. So it's a good thing we're pretty great, right? Fuck yeah. Yeah. So Twitter question this week. Oh, okay. So on Twitter, I posted a little thing because it's been a few weeks since we got to tape because summer is nuts. So thank you everybody for being patient. Um, I posted a little gif of Robin and Lily um, cheersing their little martini glasses Mm-hmm. in a future episode and I said actual footage of Kate and Caitlin finally getting to record tonight <laughs> and one of our followers said who is Lily and who is Robin oh and so I asked on Twitter what people thought and everyone it seemed like everyone was like too conflicted to really? answer yeah and everyone was like I don't know I can't choose so who well, I guess do they don't think? really know us in real life. So. Right, because, I mean, to me, it's pretty pretty obvious. Um, I feel like I'm Robin. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Lily. You're Lily. I'm the one with the Midwestern spouse. Yeah, and I hate everything. And I'm artsy-fartsy, so. Yeah. Yeah, and you hate everything. I'm a col- yeah, I'm a cold-hearted bitch. We'll reveal a huge thing Caitlin and Robin have in common for a later date. Yeah. It's actually... A Christmas episode later on. Ooh, that's right. How about that? Hint, hint, everybody. Hmm. And it's might be darker than you think. So, <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves a spooky Christmas story. I don't. I mean, like, how could it be anybody other than Robin? How could you be anybody other than Lily? I know. It's just. I think it's pretty pretty accurate. Except, I mean, I'm not normally a Grinch. Wink, wink. 
So I am <laughs> the biggest Grinch of all. So speaking of Twitter questions and all things Twitter, we finally passed 400 followers. Yay! Like an hour ago, and I'm so excited because we have been jump roping that line the way Vicky Mendoza <laughs> jump ropes the diagonal that was named after her. Little wink. Great oh, reference. Thank y'all. So yeah, thank you everybody for following us on Twitter. We have seven legendary moments tonight. Wow. So everyone, please stay tuned to the end of the episode for that. And remember to review us on iTunes because the more reviews we get, the more people find us. Yahoo. Yahoo. So let's freaking do it, man. All right, let's get into it. Hi, Rudolph. All right, so this is How Lily Stole Christmas. It is episode 11 from season two, and it first aired on December 11th, 2006. Uh, our writer is Brenda Shea. Lady writer! You sounded like you had the sound effect coming from your... From my face? Angelic <laughs> body, yeah. I try. So she wrote five episodes. This is the last time we'll see her in season two, and she comes back for one more episode in season three. And our director, as always, is Pamela Fryer. Yay! I don't think I realized how often women were writing this show. It's pretty cool. No wonder it's amazing. <laughs> right? Hair flip for anyone that doesn't yeah, see no, us, which is Yeah, if you can't else. see us. <laughs> it's literally so, everyone. It's so hard to remember that, that this is just audio. There's no... Thank God. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. Oof, could you imagine? We are not always looking our best. How Lily Sold Christmas. So while future Ted is narrating to us about Christmas 2006, we get these great shots of New York City and there's snow and it's so peaceful and lovely. And, you know, future Ted's telling us Christmas is a time of year to spend with your family. And he had three options for this particular Christmas. He could hang out with his mom and Clint. He could do some microbrewing with his dad <laughs> or go to Staten Island to see Stacy and her family. And she's got a bajillion kids, if you remember. Yeah, his mom talked about it during brunch. Yes. And they said she had six kids, but here we only see five and one on the way. Six and one? Was it six and one on the way or was she having her sixth? Oh, maybe she was having I think she's sex. having her sex. Oh, yeah. phew. I was so mad about it. <laughs> um, so obviously the choice is very clear. Ted just decides to stay in New York City and spend Christmas with his other family, his best friends. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine not wanting to spend Christmas with my family. Yeah. I'd, uh, I can't imagine that. I'm, I'm, I know lot, it's true for a lot of people with... Oh, yeah. You know, different kinds of relationships with their family, and chosen family is so important, but I don't know. I mean, my family also is, like, big on the guilt trips, so I don't think I can ever... Oh, God, same. Irish Catholic guilt. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. Well, except Jewish guilt. True. The two are... That's right up there. The two are right up there. We see Marshall walking out of the apartment with his eyes closed, and the apartment is, as Marshall describes it, a winter wonderland. Mm. And he has one last paper due at 5 o'clock. And until then, he can't be disturbed. And he doesn't want to see what the apartment looks like because that's what he's working for. That's what's getting him through. <laughs> and he he does a quick little sniff and finds out that Lily's sinfully cinnamon cookies are in the oven. Yum. And everything looks so Christmassy and magical. And Kate, don't forget, 
to post the recipe. Ooh, yes, I definitely will. They are Please. they are a a huge hit at work whenever I make them. I usually make them like a huge batch around Christmas time, but I will share the recipe with you guys. It's really just some ones I found on the internet and it's amaze balls. Can't wait to try it. Mhm. Uh, I love Marshall on his way out. Oh, me too. <laughs> Save me at least 20 cookies. And he says, was that a reindeer? I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He just like screams. And oh, I love God. how serious he gets about not cleaning the bowl mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from the cookies. He's just so, oh, he's so sweet. He reminds me of Chris so much in this episode. Just so joyful. Pure yeah, of Chris, heart. Yep. He loves Christmas so much. He loves to make our house look like Christmas threw up. Oh. Yeah, you should see when we have all the Christmas decorations out. It's, I can't wait. It's just on the, like, the right side of white trash. If you're going to do it, fucking go full white trash. Yeah, Marshall uh, is, like, the spirit of Christmas throughout this. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, he is. He's so joyful, like mm-hmm. you said. So, anyway, after Marshall leaves... Lily tells Ted that she found the old answering machine. Do you think it was in with the Christmas stuff? I couldn't figure out why she found it or if it was just like on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. So I wrote in parentheses like must have found it while getting all the decorations out. Like Ted probably just took it and stashed it. Yeah. If they have some storage area or Mm. something. Got it. That's, Um, That's what I was thinking too. So they decide to plug it back in. And uh, we have one message from Ted's dad, and he's going out with his friend Clint. <laughs> yes, it's the same one his mother is dating. And then there's one from past Ted. Mm-hmm. And he is telling Marshall to get up off the couch and get over that Grinch. And then we hear future Ted narrate, but I didn't say Grinch. So it's a very uh, Christmas story yes. moment here with the... Grinch and Fudge and all that. Mm -hmm. Which is the best Christmas movie. Mm, Muppet Christmas Carol is the best fucking Christmas movie. You know, I don't know that I've seen that since I was like eight. I can't even say. Okay. All right, we'll add it to... So, from the time it's December 1st... Actually, it starts with Thanksgiving when we see Chris's siblings. We start with Home Alone. Okay. Every night. Well, anytime the TV's on from there till... Um, January 1st, it has to be a Christmas movie. Well, add it to the rotation because, I mean, Michael Caine. I mean. You just just need to, it's the best. It's the best. All right. Christmas Story is also good. Um, I hate when people think it's just about the you'll shoot your eye out because it's really about the magic of Christmas and. And also, like, like, suburban American life in the 50s. It's kind of terrifying as a child to watch that movie. Oh, I love it. The kids are always screaming. It's like, it just feels like a lot of trauma is happening (laughs) that you're just watching, like witnessing that. All right, all right. You just took it to a dark place. I just remember being like stressed by the children. Um, Let's let's talk about Grinch Grinch here. What word do you think Ted said? Because I have, I mean, I think there are two options. One that rhymes with Grinch. Finch? No, like close to rhymes. I know, I know. Oh, you ass. <laughs> close to rhymes is that Buster? That's Buster's sister, Cousin? actually. <laughs> close to rhymes. <laughs> I hate you a lot. 
I can't handle my life. Can you tell we have not recorded in fucking three weeks? We're just like (laughs) wild animals. I know. God, this always happens. Just sitting on all these stupid jokes. I know. (laughs) I have no one else to let them out to. They just bubble up inside me. Safe space. This is a safe space, friend. All right. Um, um, I thought for sure it was cunt, which is one of okay. my favorite cunts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, her re- the level of her reaction. I mean, I don't know any other word that has that evokes right. that response the way that one does. Right, because it wasn't just Lily that was upset; it was his mom, like so upset. And the woman who walked by in and the, the woman bar. Who walked by and the the landlord upstairs. Like to me, mm-hmm. it seems like it was cunt, on a lot of levels. The more I thought about it, it could have been bitch because. They say bitch all the time in the show. Ted and Lily are supposed to be best friends, but never like, never True, like in that, a mean I way. guess. Um, but yeah, I think it was the fucking I hear C just word. like, you gotta get over that cunt. Like, I just hear him saying it. Yeah, just like but that. like, that's like, oh, Ted. Don't you feel like that's really bad? Like, I think that's what he said, but it's, it's like almost out of character bad for him to be that. Yeah, but she was kind of a cunt. That's beside the point. They're supposed to be best friends. No, it is out of character. But even just the way he says it, like his, like the cadence of his speech, it's it's really like you got to get over that. Yeah, Grinch. Like it wasn't like she said, Grinch. Yeah, fuck that Grinch. You know. Yeah, but I feel like cunt is like nuclear. You know what I mean? Mm. Like even if yeah. even if you as a a woman personally don't take offense to it, just the word as it is. Yeah. Every man knows that that is the worst thing you can say to a woman. Yeah, you don't say that. You know what I mean? So they know the you know intent. Up there for me with cunt? What? Pig. <laughs> to call a woman a pig. Uh, I feel like I've called you a pig a lot. No, like like you're a like you're a slam pig. <laughs> listeners under 18 you're just gonna have to you're gonna learn some lessons today about words so we're in agreement that it's cunt right yeah for me it was really the only option okay cool. because it's like what else would get that response right we cut back and lily is completely flabbergasted by ted using this word and ted tries to gaslight her at first because he's just panicking um because he knows in hindsight how bad the word is and he tries to play it off like it was barney then that it was Marshall That's calling so Marshall. Um, so, I mean, he knows that he's dead in the water. Mm-hmm. And Lily wants to know why, like, what possessed him to say that. And we get a flashback to the summer when everybody was getting fed up with Marshall pining over Lily. And we see a moment that we haven't seen yet where Ted tasks Marshall with finding one negative thing to say about Lily. There's only one of her. <laughs> <laughs> poor marsh and because she he'd gotten into this loop of saying that she's perfect and he's never going to find anybody like her so ted just scrambling to make his friend feel better 
sort of sets off this powder keg of find something wrong with Lily. So then that apparently snowballs and he's really accessing his anger and coming up with all kinds of stuff that she's laughs too easily at movies and her art is stupid and she's bad at Pictionary and you can just see Marshall. She doesn't even own a beret. Yeah. Marshall's full of piss and vinegar now and it's sort of contagious. So Marshall and Barney and Ted are all in on it. So it would be my thinking that it was around that time that maybe he backs a little, little and Ted was like, remember, she's a Grinch. Earlier I was watching the, the episode and Lily says, it's the best friend's job to call me that word. Cause Ted had said, you know, it's my job to make him feel better. And he was like, yeah. And I scoffed. I was like, that's trash. And Liz was like, I agree with him. I kind of do too. You think that just whatever it takes to get your friend over it. Yeah. Even if, the other party is also your best friend, though? Yeah, maybe I wouldn't say that. That's awful. If they were my best friend. Right, exactly. There's the line. If, if they were... If they were just they like were an average just, cunt, then... Yeah. Cunt it up. See how many times we can say that word in this episode. So many times we're going to lose cunt. <laughs> ah! Oh! I can't stand you. Continue. Okay. <clears throat> Finish chewing first. So we flash forward to the bar and Ted is sharing what just had happened <clears throat> with Robin and Barney. <clears throat> and we get a series of flashbacks to the first scene to get more information. And come to find out, Ted did not apologize <clears throat> for calling her a Grinch. Would you have apologized? Yeah, of course I would have. I probably would have done like a half apology. But like, look, like, it was a shitty thing to say about you, but the time let's caitlin you know. that's literally what he does this entire episode yeah <laughs> so you're she was she was kind of a grinch she was kind of a grinch that was pretty that was pretty terrible and we get the extra layer of it later of yeah. ted feeling like he never got the apology right. he deserved so it's like oh oh and we get we get barney calling ted what he imagines is his full name Yes, Ted Vivian Mosby. It's not his middle name, but it's not not that far. Yeah. And Barney is sick, clearly, but mm-hmm. he won't admit it. And he mm-hmm. sneezes all over some girl while he's trying to hit on her. <laughs> so gross. Um, but I remember watching this episode and being worried about what Lily was going to do when she tells Ted he'll be sorry because she, we already know she's got that twisted sense of judgment. And justice. Aldrin Justice. Um, yeah, that's Aldrin Justice. Aldrin fucking Justice, man. And it doesn't take us long to find out, right? Mm-hmm. They climb the stairs to the apartment. Uh, first, it's just Robin and Barney, and we see Neil Patrick Harris have this amazing slapstick sneeze and cough fit. It's so good. It's an, Ricochet's back. Yeah, excellent moment that's, like, burned into my brain. And Ted comes up with a beer. I guess it's a tradition for them since college that... You know, when one of them is sorry, they apologize with a beer. And when Barney's on the ground, we get the first shot of the hallway floor. Mm-hmm. And it's like little mini tiles. It's very, like, old school New York building. It's very cool. It is. And usually this beer thing works, but they walk in and the Winter Wonderland is completely gone. Just like how the Grinch stole Christmas. Just like with the with the extra ball left over. The lone ornament, the yeah. The lone ornament left and everything. Um, so we've got Aldrin Justice, that idea coming back. Like you do something wrong, you get something taken away. 
And now we have the second Christmas movie reference of the, mm-hmm. of the evening. And this whole time, it's the Nutcracker playing in the background. So they did a really good job with that. This little bit here with Ted and Billy, my guess was just to buy time for Lily to reasonably make it to the Bronx and get everything in her apartment. So he tries to voice dial her on his fancy razor phone, and he gets Billy instead. We don't really know who Billy is, but was it his dad who died? I don't remember. I always get, like, annoyed with this plot line. Some family member died, and so Ted gets trapped Mm -hmm. in this 20-minute conversation, which is just long enough for her to get to the Bronx and set everything up. Meanwhile, we have this new B-plot of Robin trying to keep Barney from dying. So she pulls him off a fire escape where he is smoking a cigar in freezing weather. And it's very uh, reminiscent of Ron Swanson. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like Ron Swanson does the same thing where he just sort, sort of tries to ignore being sick. And it's actually in Barney's blog, mm. Take Two Awesomes and Don't Call Me in the Morning. <laughs> and it talks about things to do if you're sick. So if, he, if you have a cough, a cough is the sound of your lungs high-fiving. They're celebrating your awesomeness. Oh, no. Join in. Light a Cuban for a cocktail and imagine a world without children. <laughs> oh, my God. Is Barney like an anti-vaxxer? Ooh. <laughs> I hope not. That's a stretch. That uh, is a stretch. Um, so Robin tells Barney he needs to go to bed. Then we hear, when I start getting sick, I stop being sick and be awesome instead. Much like his other common catchphrase of, when I'm sad. sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's about to rev up and go out and hit the clubs and then passes out on the couch. Ted calls Lily to apologize and figure things out. And we're hit with Merry Christmas, ass face, which is one of my favorite lines. <laughs> And we get a wide shot of her apartment, and we see all the decorations that she managed to cram in there. And I love that she lit everything up. She's like, this is where I'm going to be, and it's going to be great. And part of me is like, oh, maybe she's like expecting Marshall will end up there, and so she doesn't want him to be be disappointed. Because like he would go to where Lily is. Yeah. She's like, I'm fucking doing Christmas still. He's not ruining this for me. So Ted tries to bring get her to bring everything back, but Lily reminds him of her justice system, Mm -hmm. which is always based on how she treats her kindergartners. And she said, I would have called a kid's parents if he said that word. You're an adult. You know that words have meaning and you you can't just throw them off willy-nilly. It's You have no excuse. Except that she was kind of a Grinch. She is not right and neither is Ted. And that's why they keep going back and forth the entire episode apologizing. Mm-hmm. But she does call him back to tell him to take the cookies out of the oven. I love that. Mm-hmm. I would do that. I would not trust those motherfuckers. Rightly yeah. so. So Ted knows that he has to fix this, so he decides to go to the Bronx to set things straight. He also, like, he slams the door and wakes up Barney, who's passed out on the couch, in the middle of his catchphrase, and he yells, Dairy. Mm-hmm. Much like the intro of our uh, mm. podcast. Hey, what do you know? How about that? <laughs> so we see Ted outside making his way through the crowds in the city, trying to get to Lily's apartment. And he gets a call from Marshall, who wants to know how the winter wonderland is coming along. And if if, if he feels like he's been slapped in the face with Christmas. I, th- I felt like that kind of like 
gave Ted the resolve, or it made me hope they would give him the resolve to really apologize to Lily so he could get Winter Wonderland back. Yeah, because Marshall has been thrown unwittingly into the middle of this. Yeah, he's the one who's going to get hurt. Right. Just like the kids get hurt when parents fight at Christmas time, you know? Exactly. So he's like this exactly. little little guy, his soul is pure as the driven snow, just like so excited. And I said... Yeah. I said somewhere he's like the like the Cindy Lou Who of this situation, you know? Yeah, exactly. He is. Um, he, he has a line about how he can't wait to see the Winter Wonderland and Lily and just everyone's all together yeah. for Christmas. He's like really feeling the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out more about that. Yeah, why about he's why. so amped up. Mm-hmm. And before Marshall lets him go, he asks Ted about the cookies. And Ted has this oh shit look. And then it's a smash cut to Robin <laughs> screaming. And all the smoke pouring out of the oven. And she's got the fire extinguisher. So apparently the cookies were forgotten, even despite Lily's warning before getting off the phone. It's a familiar scene. Oh my god. I was as I was watching this, I had like a fucking flashback. <sighs> so friends. Someone someone on this show, I'm not gonna say who, thinks the one crucial part of any bachelor party is fearing for your life. And my bachelorette party did not disappoint because my sister no. uh Tried to make a full pound of thick cut bacon on the grill at an Airbnb. On a dirty ass grill. On a dirty grill at an Airbnb at like a million dollar house. Oh, easy. Yeah. Easy million dollar house. Five seconds later, screaming, it's a real fire. Help me. I look out the window and it was like four foot flames, the entire grill, thick, Thick black snow. Fire like you've never seen. I still have, like, if I think about it too much, I'm like, that house is on fire right now. Like, I panic about it. (gasps) Yeah, dude. Because I was in it, it, man. I I know. I was. You were upstairs. You were like, take a snap. (laughs) Is somebody snapping this? (laughs) Take a snap. Get this on Snapchat. Luckily, one of my friends. Where's your camera? One of my friends was training to be a firefighter, and she just happened to notice where the fire extinguishers were, and we unloaded two of those bad boys on the grill before it went out. So, yes, the scene is eerily familiar. But I love that Ted slides in. Oh, they taste store bought. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's already planting the to buy the store bought cinnamon cookies. Love it. But Ted has another phone call coming through, so he has to go. And it is Ted's mom. Mm-hmm. And now we find out Ted's real middle name. Ted Evelyn Mosby. So what the <gasps> fuck? <laughs> what? What the absolute fuck? Barney was creepily close with another girl's name. I love it. Anyway, so she chastises him for using that word. And then asks him if he's acting out because of the divorce. <laughs> and is it because of Clint? <laughs> and then it's like an after school special. And Clint gets on the phone. It's classic he calls stepdad. Ted Champ. It's classic stepdad. Yeah. It's like, hey, champ, you don't know this yet. But we're going to be great friends. It's so. The Native Americans have a ritual. It's yeah. just like so it's... like groovy white stepdad. It's so, oh, cringy. Can't even handle it. And Lily did call his mom. I know. Lily I love went it. full Aldrin Justice on his ass. And 
This is another Buffy crossover. I read that. Yeah, Harry Groening is plays the, the mayor, mayor, which is one of the best villains on on Buffy. Okay, well, thanks for the spoiler because I wasn't there yet. Are you really watching it? I was watching it. I was like halfway through season one and I didn't know that yet. Oh, bitch. It doesn't change anything <laughs> to know that. You know the first episode you see him. It's fine. So yeah, this is another, another Buffy crossover and one of the best ones. Back at the apartment, Barney is suited down. One of the 12 times throughout this show that he's suited down. And he's in Ted's PJs because he's got a Cleveland shirt on. In Ted's bed, just getting his sick all over it. That's all I could think of. Uh. And um, at first he resisted the whole being sick thing. But now I think he sees the benefits of it because he has a Mm -hmm. pretty girl waiting on him. And he has reverted into being a huge baby. Too weak to hold bowl. You can see Robin's like barely holding it together. She's like blowing on it, but just like begrudgingly. Yeah. And she's doing such a great job being maternal, honestly. Yeah, she's not doing too bad. Especially with such a nightmare like Barney. Eventually, Ted makes it to Lily's apartment, and we see that the winter wonderland has been crammed into her super tiny apartment. And he, you know, apologizes to her, but you can tell he doesn't mean it. He's just doing it. Oh, yeah. He does that. Just to get it over with. He tells you why he's sorry. Yeah. Why, like, why it was bad. It was hurtful and immature, and I'm sorry. It's just very recorded. Yeah. And Lily, along with the rest of us, knows that it's his fake apology. Mm-hmm. But um, come to find out, Ted is pissed because Lily never apologized to him. Because, mm-hmm. after all, they are best friends. And she left not just Marshall, but she left Ted, too, and never called. Yeah. And she was a Grinch, a Grinchy, Grinch, 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 Grinch. <laughs> and that pisses the big guy off upstairs, who is Lily Super, and he disapproves of the language and shuts, shuts off, off the power to her apartment. And it's a fair point. I think, I think if Lily had stayed in touch, or if she'd apologized when she got back from San Francisco, Ted would have apologized outright about this. Mm-hmm. But. I think it struck a nerve he didn't even know was still there. Yeah. And so then he refused to back down and is only now realizing as she says, I apologize to Marshall. He's only now realizing like, oh, that's why I can't let this go. That happens to me sometimes where I'm upset about something, but I don't know why I don't have the words yeah. for the feelings. And then all of a sudden, like time goes by and it hits me like, oh, I'm getting better. Oh yeah, no, that happens that happens all the time. Sometimes you have no idea and it might be something that's buried really deep. That's why therapy is excellent because one of the big things you learn is that anger is a secondary emotion. Wow. So there's always something behind it. It's either fear or embarrassment or sh- or like sadness. There's something behind it that's making you angry and it's it's never it's never on its own. So Go to therapy, kids. really helps a lot. Yeah, it's very helpful. Helps you have adult, healthy relationships. Because we all have shit to work on. And yeah, so Ted is, decides that they can have the real apartment. And so he's going to go to Staten Island with his religious cousin. I'm guessing because it's the, the closest of the three. It's, yeah. There's, you know, he just needs to get out of the apartment and doesn't want to be He has this alone. very graceful exit, too. <laughs> yeah, over the bed. <laughs> Rolls over. Um, I also love, before we move on to the next scene, that even her bat has garland on it when she, like, 
Oh, so cute. When he gets to the door, even like her security bat has mm. has garland on it. It's Christmassy. Um, and so then we see this little teeny conversation between Robin and Ted. And Robin finds out he's going to have dinner with this super religious part of his family. And he says, and she offers to go like any good girlfriend would. Yep. And he says, do you mean that? And she says, tell me your answer first. <laughs> Which I just love. That's as that's yeah. as sweet as Robin will be about this because of course she doesn't want to fucking go. Nobody wants to no, go. Nobody wants to go. Ted doesn't even want yeah. to go. And we also find out that she has drugged Barney because he was just too much of a baby. So good job, Robin. Then Marshall comes home from school and we see that Christmas Eve Winter Wonderland actually really happened. So yay! Yay! Everything's back the way it was almost. Hooray. Almost, almost. Mm-hmm. And Marshall comes in carrying this big box, and it's for Lily. And he has this adorable intro for his Christmas story. Yeah. You know, about the pitter-patter on the roof. And oh. so we get to see how Marshall's day went. Mm-hmm. Um, because we find out that he blew off his paper because, you know, school isn't important. School's not important. Extension. <laughs> yeah, school's not important. So it turns out he was tracking down a present for Lily. It was supposed to be delivered to the apartment five days ago, but um, something ended up happening, and he had tracked it all over, and and it was at this one place. But come to find out, it was on a truck to go to Poughkeepsie, mm-hmm. uh, which can't happen because it's Christmas Eve, and he needs that gift. So he ends up chasing after the truck, which is also a reference to Home Alone 2 when Kevin's getting chased and he's kind of got this like goofy run with the backpack and the beanie. And yeah, and it's the same music, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same nut- Nutcracker song, yep. Yep. So that's another one. The driver of the truck tells Marshall he can look in the back, but he's got to keep going. He has to make his delivery. So Marshall ends up finding the package and is so excited because this is really going to make Lily's day and her Christmas and... The driver confesses that he won't be able to deliver all the packages. Yeah. So Marshall, so romantic, volunteers to help. Yeah, and I love that he found a kindred spirit in this delivery guy. Because the delivery guy could have just been like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, he was like upset about it. Yeah. He's like, I wish I could deliver all of these packages. So they're buddies. Yeah, it's so sweet. So we have this great like montage of clips of Marshall delivering packages struggling with a large package in the elevator getting cookies from a little girl it's so cute all set to backdoor santa by clarence carter who has done some surprisingly sexual songs i think he was big in like the 60s and 70s do you know the song stroken by clarence (sighs) carter oh my god yeah because i was like clarence carter why do i know that name because i know the song stroken but they're like clarence carter in the song yeah that's like in like the seven, like the sixties or seventies. Oh my god! He's a nasty old man. So there's that. Backdoor Santa up. by Clarence Back Carter. Backdoor Santa. I know, right? <laughs> right. So add that one to your uh, Christmas rotation, y'all. So Marshall has one final package to deliver, which is Lily's. Yeah, he and does. And she tears into it. <laughs> um, it's an easy bake oven that Lily has always wanted. This exact model, mm-hmm. but she never told Marshall. How did he know? So we get this great, like, double flashback. Yeah. And the first flashback is Marshall telling Ted that he really wants his first Christmas of them back together to be special, and he wants to get her something great, so he got her a jukebox. 
which is awesome until you find out that it's actually like a super tiny mini one. With gum <laughs> inside With gum. it. And so then this is where we get the second flashback mm-hmm. is that Ted tells him, hold on, I've got the perfect idea. About eight years ago, then we see Lily and Ted back in college. Lily's got dark, short hair, looking like a little baby goth. Yeah, she's cute. And Ted's got this like high up curly, curly hair looking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they look like they've been eating some sandwiches. Quite a few, I'd say. Quite a few. And Lily's telling him about how she always wanted this easy bake oven, but her feminist mom <laughs> wouldn't allow it because she didn't want her to buy into the stereotypical gender roles. Yeah. So Ted remembers this conversation from eight years ago and tells Marshall so that he can get Lily this perfect mm. Christmas gift. And it's only at this point that she feels badly that she forced Ted out of his own home on Christmas Eve. <laughs> because he did something nice for her. Yeah. Yikes. And it kind of reminds me of when Lily starts to freak out about how she's, like, embarrassed about what she did in front of, like, Marshall's family. And oh, Ted's, yeah. Or Marshall's like, you're not just realizing that now, right? Yeah, she was. She's got a little bit of a, of a, a self-awareness oh. issue. I would say. I was going to say selfish, but yeah. Also selfish. No, she's brave. Fiercely independent. Fiercely independent. Marshmallow. But this is also one of the first times, and it seems to often involve Lily, it's one of the first times in the show where we see how somebody else secretly sets something good in motion for somebody else, and then that comes up when they're when they're pissed at, at that person. Like, I can't reference ones in the future, but a, like something like this will happen in the future a few times where a character thinks they hate another character, but mm-hmm. then it's revealed that in the past, this they did, they did something that basically trumps any any little bullshit that they, they've done, any sort of minuscule wrongdoings. And I, I love the line... I can't believe you remembered after all these years. Marshall says, yeah, and all that weed. <laughs> I know. And that's one of the few times they actually say weed, and they don't use mm. some sort of euphemism. And poor Marshall. He never found outside. That part of the scene like, has me crying every yeah. time because it's so perfect. Yeah. So we're obviously we're talking about this scene um, – so it's Lily and Ted, and they're on the floor of the dorm room. And then the door opens, and Marshall's clearly also very high. <laughs> and they ask how the concert was, and he looks around, and he goes, I couldn't find outside. <laughs> and Like, <laughs> I can't find outside. Yeah. And Lily has the... Lily's like... She has a great high face. And I heard somewhere, someone... I forget who... It might have been Allison Hannigan or somebody else, when they were asked, an actor, when they were asked how to act high Mm -hmm. and they said that they were taught to act like a balloon is filling with helium inside your head like a like the feeling of like a balloon inflating so you're just like (laughs) i know because i'm like thinking about like how would that feel and i feel like my face just looks high yeah right yeah yeah and didn't you tell me to somebody when they were taught how to act drunk? Or was it Ted? It was Ted, yeah. 
how to that you're almost over enunciating instead of slurring because you're trying real hard to seem sober yeah which is true good tips guys how to act high how to act drunk so the next scene, Ted is at his cousin Stacy's house, mm-hmm. and they all have on matching red V-necks. And I love that Ted's is like way too big. So clearly, they have either extra red V-neck sweaters, or her husband owns more than one of the same kind of sweater. Well, it's, yeah, it seems like every year they do the same thing. So, so you wouldn't really need more than one, That's fair. but. I don't know which scenario I like, that he wants a new sweater every year or that they have extras for guests. Oh, the extras for guests is very creepy, but I don't Isn't doubt it? it. But why is he wearing it? It's so like... He must conform. Yeah. This is Christmas. I love it though. I love this little teeny moment where they rat Ted out for bringing presents and the mom says, that's fine. We'll give him to charity. And the little girl's like, yay. And she says, not that's you, charity. charity. <laughs> Poor thing was so ready. I know. She was like really hoping for some presents. These kids are going to snap when they get older. Get to Horvel rings and Ted uses that as an excuse to get out of an awkward, why don't you say grace? Mm. I don't understand why people would ever ask a guest to say grace. And come on. You know your cousin's a freaking heathen. Like, yeah. come on. You know. You know. Come on. But they're all about the shame, so. Yeah. So, obviously, that's why they ask. Right. They want to make they want to make you feel insecure yeah. about it. These these people at this table, not all Christians. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, they want. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it ends up being Lily and Marshall and Robin and Barney. And <laughs> Lily holds up a beer as a peace offering. Mm-hmm. And then we get another reference to a Christmas movie, Love Actually. Oh, yeah. Ted says it's carolers. And then um, Marshall starts singing Silent Night, and then Barney (laughs) joins in, and it's just like... Holy (laughs) night. Like, just perfect three-part harmonies from these schmucks. Okay. I love their faces. All these, like, they're so serious. This like, is... as soon as he says they're carolers, then Marshall, like, straightens up. Like, he snaps. Because he remembers as a kid. Car- you, Of course, Marshall Carol in St. Cloud. Of course. You know, he's ready. He's got it locked and loaded. But have you seen the bloopers of this scene? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Because they really made them, like, sing, not just, like, mouth oh, yeah. things. And yeah. Robin does these ad libs that just make everybody laugh so hard. So if you haven't seen the the bloopers from this episode, they're very very good. Finally, Lily admits that she was a kind of a Grinch, and one of the little ones <laughs> overhears, and of course, just repeats it over and over and over again. And then all the kids start chanting it, and cousin Stacy, who is played by Moon Zappa, what? daughter of Frank Zappa, really? yeah, yeah, it's. Little old Moon Unit herself. Moon Unit. Uh Uh-huh. I kind of love that name. So then we cut to black, and then we come back, and it's this very artistic little moment. Mm -hmm. It's a very intimate, it feels very intimate. Yep. Like there's no one else in the apartment. Maybe everybody's asleep. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just Nutcracker in the background. I don't know which one, but one of the slower ones. And Marshall sits down, he snaps his little Christmas hand towel, and he's got the bowl. This cloth. <laughs> this cloth. And he's just got this bowl of uh, cookie dough remnants. And he sits down. And at last he says, Merry Christmas, Marshall. 
And so this Marshall's Christmas was not ruined one little bit. He had no idea. He had no idea. You know Lily baked fresh cookies for him. Like everything oh, was salvaged. So Marshall, who has just been like this pure Cindy Lou who the whole time finally gets his reward. And you're not really sure what he's gonna do, how he's gonna eat this. Maybe he has a spoon or something. No. Just yeah. hands first. Hands. Just shoveling in batter. I loved it. It was amazing. So good. Merry Christmas, Caitlin. Merry Christmas, Kate. A sweet little episode. It is a sweet little episode. All wrongs were righted and Mm -hmm. friends came together just in time to give Marshall the, give the kids the holiday of their dreams. All right. Well, let's dive right into our legendary moments. So our first one comes from Lucas via email and Lucas writes, Hey ladies, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of this episode. No idea why. Hmm. That's all right. No worries. Uh, But there's only one legendary moment in my (laughs) mind. Merry Christmas, Marshall. And you know what tone of voice he says that into. Soft, loving, talking to a bowl of cookie dough that he goes to town on. Keep up the good work. Is the keep up the good work for Marshall or for us? (laughs) I think it's both. (laughs) Keep keep shooting for your dreams, Marshall. Yeah. Thanks, Lucas. Live your best life. Yeah, thank you, Lucas. So the next one comes from Dan on Twitter, and Dan says, My legendary moment for how Lily stole Christmas is sick Barney and Robin interacting with Barney in bed. Oh, and this is an extra little observation. Ted would be right about the best friend's role in a breakup, a.k.a. saying bad words about the ex. Mm -hmm. If they were like 17 to 22, they're not, and they're friends, so that's childish. I think we agreed that he went a a little overboard. A little overboard. Um, but yeah, Barney Barney in this episode is is great. And Robin does a great job sort of being the put-upon mother that just wants to fucking smother her own child to heaven. I love how disgusted Barney is that he looks like a regular guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing elastic waist fleece pants. Our next one is from Tim on Twitter, and this is Tim's very first legendary moment, so thank you very much, Tim. Tim. Keep sending them to us, please. And he writes um, that his legendary moment is when they're in Lily's apartment and the electricity gets shut off. And Lily says, now you've pissed off the big guy upstairs. I watch this episode every Christmas Eve. It is one of my favorite Christmas episodes of a comedy Aww, ever. Oh, cool. It is a good one. It's a very it's a very nice episode. It kind of puts to bed all the Lily stuff. I feel like up until this point, there was some sort of animosity about what she'd done, and, and it almost felt glazed over, but something about Ted and Lily flattening things out and sort of sorting things out kind of makes it feel like we don't need to really talk about it again like all the apologies yeah. are out everyone's forgiven now we can really move forward mm-hmm. the next one is from eric who sent us an email this is our pirate friend and yep. <laughs> eric eric <laughs> so he says to start off with i'd have to go with the perfect timing barney pulled on ted to say the word grinch at the bar just as a, a woman was walking by the physical comedy Barney went through when he was sick and his regression to a more infantile state. Ouchie in my mouth. <laughs> and then also Marshall's, and thank God we don't pay for utilities. Uh, Eric also liked the caroling scene with Ted and his cousins and the kids saying Grinch over and over. He said mostly because 
the events before in the scene were such a big contrast. Like everyone's sort of being very adult and grown up and peaceful and happy. And that's it. Don't forget to be awesome. Bess, Eric. Oh, thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. All right. Our next one comes from our girl, Appa. Hey, Appa. Hi, Appa. She writes, I know. We haven't heard from you. She says, hey, Kate and Caitlin. First and foremost, apologies for not being able to send in the legendary moment since Aldrin Justice. No worries, girl. We get busy. We're here. My legendary moment from How Lily Stole Christmas is when Barney is sick and Robin is trying to take care of this difficult child. (laughs) Both the scenes are a great insight into Barney and Robin's character. Barney's behaving like a regular guy when sick. He's capable of being vulnerable. Mm. Even though Robin hates kids, when the situation presents itself, she really takes care of Barney, despite Barney pissing her off. A bit of foreshadowing for Robin's character, I would say. Thanks, your international friend from India. Very nice. I like the bit about seeing Barney as vulnerable, even though he's annoying in this this way. I mean, he couldn't ever just be vulnerable. He'd have to be insufferable as well, right? So, works out. Yeah. Our next one comes from our friend in South Africa, Tanya. And Tanya actually messaged me a little while ago to say that she's been on sabbatical and just having a blast. So that's why she hasn't been writing in. So lucky ducky. So hello, Tanya. We're so glad to hear from you. Uh, She says, "Uh, hello, ladies. How is everybody? This is not one of my favorite episodes. I don't like it when Lily is so unlikable. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's true. Uh, But she says, my legendary moment is Carol singing at Ted's cousin's home. Perfect improv harmony. I loved it. Glad somebody bought it. <laughs> Till next next time, Tanya. We have a message on the answering machine, and I think oh, it's do. from somebody brand new. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Let's take a listen. Hi, ladies. I'll skip the praise for your show on here, and I'll leave a review instead. I love your podcast, and I like the discussion. And one thing I haven't heard discussed much is your thoughts on Ted. It's going to sound like I'm asking an intentionally trolling question, but here goes. Is Ted really problematic today? Two quick asides. I'm sorry for using problematic in my own clickbaity headline way, and I will say as an aside that I dislike reality TV shows because they generally show the worst of us at our worst, and they never grow. Growing is one of the main reasons that I loved How I Met Your Mother so much. Uh, everyone experiences lots of growth throughout the series, unless the writers just found it inconvenient. In reading about one of my favorite shows years after it went off the air, one of the things that comes up in admittedly clickbaity headlines is that Ted is basically a stalker. He's pretentious, he plays the nice guy card repeatedly, or just generally has a number of moments. Ted does have a variety of issues, and over the course of the show, he gets better. Sometimes he realizes that he's a villain in somebody else's story, or maybe even in his own. He tries stupid, immature things and eventually learns from them. The list of them is sure to include some spoilers, so I'm just going to skip it. The point is, the arc of the How I Met Your Mother universe curves towards growth. Even the framing device for the show is a father trying to teach his kids, or perhaps just bore them to death, but with stories of how he did things the wrong way, or the hard way. When this show came out, I was roughly the same age, and I was going through similar experiences to Ted. I'm fairly certain, at a number of points, I was a tool. You know what? I learned, and I got better, and I grew when I had to. 
just like Ted did. For that reason, I think my favorite episode is the very far away on your podcast, Time Travelers. Back to the subject at hand for these little segments. The legendary moment. The legendary moment of how Lily stole Christmas for me. I think this is the first episode where we learn Ted's middle name. Ted Evelyn Mosby. It rolls off the tongue. I'm also a dork, and when it came time to name my twin girls, the deal breaker in picking a name from our list was that I could perfectly envision having to scream out the full name of my child someday in frustration, and I wanted something that would make me smile and maybe be patient with my kid. So, I picked Evelyn. I have yelled it a few times since then, and it helps every time. Thanks, Graham. First of all, your voice is amazing. Like, does he narrate audiobooks? Like, for real, you should be if you don't. Um, so, I want to focus on the Ted part, because I know that Caitlin and I, throughout this series, um, have talked a lot about stuff that doesn't really hold up in 2018, things that characters do, all characters, um, that would just never be on TV today. And I think a lot of the stuff you were talking about, about Ted, about him being a stalker and um, all those other things that you've, um, you've read and heard about people's opinions of Ted, um, in my opinion, I mean, we call him out for it. And we call out the writers for writing that stuff in. But it's one of those things where if you know better, you do better. And so if they were writing Ted today, he wouldn't he wouldn't be this way. I don't think that Ted deep down is a bad guy. I don't think that he's a, a stalker or, or intentionally manipulative. I just think that Ted and the writers have been in 2006 have been um, socialized to see getting a woman as a game. And I mean, he even says that in the purple giraffe that it's all a game, you know? And I think that is something that men are taught. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it's, it's like um, the, the ends justify the means. And that's for Ted, that's love. Um, so he, it comes from a place of goodness, but intent is not the same as impact, which is something that Francesca Ramsey says all the time. She's a YouTuber that I love. So Ted is intending to do all of these things in the interest of finding love, and it's all very pure-hearted, and, and it's bumbling, and it's funny, but the impact in 2018 would be very different on the writers and also on the women he's doing it to. Uh, so like the inability to hear no and take it seriously and things like that. It's just the culture has changed and it's changed in a way that's makes things a little safer for women to say that they don't like things. So I don't think that Ted at his core is a shitty person. And I don't think in 2018 he would have been written the way he's written in 2006. Does that make sense? I think so. We love Ted. Um, we love all of the characters, and they all have problematic moments. Um, there are some very problematic episodes coming up that we're going to talk about and talk out. Towards the end of the series, even the writers started getting some flack mm -hmm. for certain, for one specific episode in season nine um, that kind of 
buried them in, in feedback that I think was justified, and, we're, and we'll talk about it. The point of this podcast, our podcast, is not to sync the show with, with commentary because we, we take it all with a grain of salt because in 2006, it's only 12 years ago, but it was a completely different world. Mm-hmm. You know, the internet hadn't blown up and, and made so much, so much information accessible, and I think we're better for it now. So if, if it seems like we're being hard on Ted, it's because we know that there are young guys and girls listening now and they should know that the way Ted does things is not the way things are done anymore. So that's it. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you, Graham. Thank you for calling in. That was really nice of you. Um, And thanks in advance for leaving us a review. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate it. So Caitlin, what's your legendary moment from this episode? I love all the references to some of my favorite Christmas movies. That mm, was really fun yeah. to see that. Um, yeah. And then in that kind of line of thinking, I love that they substitute the word Grinch. Mm, yeah, like that's pretty that's cool. That's what it was about. Um, I thought, you know, I I've tried to think picking. I'm trying to pick something different. Yeah. Because obviously, I love. Um, when Marshall sits down with the cookie dough, mm, yeah. I love sick Barney. I love, yeah. you know, so many of those things. But I, I, I think for me, the, the fun part was all the references to my favorite Christmas movies. And the Grinch thing was and just the, smart. Yeah. And it was really well done. For me, it's Marshall's Christmas cheer. <laughs> I just love that. I yeah. mean, that sort of brought everybody together in the end. It, it really pushed... Lily and Ted to deal with their issues and put them to bed at last. Um, and it was just, just such a, it's always lovely to see Marshall get to be his pure hearted I self. love his childlike wonder. That's it for how Lily stole Christmas. You know, it's funny because until watching this episode, you don't really think about how Lily left everybody and how, and like Ted didn't even really, I think fully realize that until Mm-hmm. This had all happened, so yeah, it was kind of neat. It was like more realistic in that way, that there's totally. still going to be some fallout after the fact, even when things are seemingly pretty good. Yeah, and you know, it's just another thing to love about the show is how realistic yeah. they are about emotions and yeah. how processes don't move linearly. They they move up and down and back and forth. So right, that was cool. That was really cool. All right, friends. Well, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Uh, some some point in the future in a few weeks from now <laughs> mm-hmm. for a first time in New York. So send us your legendary moment for that episode to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at heybeautifulpod. We post new recaps every other week, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't ever miss an episode. And leave us a review on iTunes. We really would love to get more of those because, again, it helps people like you find our podcast and help our hashtag HB family to grow. Yay! So we hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. 